Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. I'm an international student. Okay. So I came from Indonesia. It's like a small, like a small country near Singapore. Okay. And I just recently moved here, like three months ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, before that, I've never been out of Asia. Mm-hmm. And so, I was grade ten. Decided that I didn't want to pursue high school. Yeah. Uh, because the high school in my country sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just was. Decided to go to college instead of high school. Now I'm here. Yeah. And, um, um, I actually had an offer to have a scholarship in a college in Indonesia, yeah. but um, school sucks. <laughs> yeah. In Indonesia. Wow. <laughs> what? So what? Um, were you going to be studying if you did go to school in Indonesia? And is that the same as what you kind of plan on pursuing here? Um, the thing is about. Indonesian colleges is that their areas of expertise are limited to only doctors, yeah, businessmen. Okay. So that's basically what you get.、Um, so if I were to stay in Indonesia, I would probably study business.、Mm-hmm. But here, I'm studying agriculture. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, in a sense,、um, I came here to expand my horizons. Yeah. See what I like. Yeah, it's crazy、um, hearing everyone's different perspective from、uh, different countries because,、mm-hmm. as you must have noticed, De Anza is particularly international. Yeah.、Um, especially for community colleges, probably not especially for the area. Like the Bay Area is pretty diverse. Um, obviously, Silicon Valley attracts people from all over the world,、mm-hmm. but it's it's just wild for me to think how limited the education systems are in other countries. Because,、uh, like growing up in the United States, I always felt like the education system was pretty shitty.、Mm. But、uh, but and it is it, it really the reality I think now is that it is for some people, but it's also amazing for other people. And、um, that's a different problem than having like even the best of the best or whatever, the most competitive students still being forced to choose between two disciplines. That, that that's、yeah. you know very restricting experience.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe it's a lot better than I thought. Um, <laughs> it is in a sense, but um, it it's really good for people who come from national schools. In my like in less fortunate countries, because、yeah. the national schools are a wreck. Basically, there are like rape, rape, and like every single bad thing that you can imagine. Yeah. But for international stu-、uh, students, they're usually well off in their countries. Like um, and so we get an international. Education, which is basically governed by the UK and Cambridge. Okay. So we do things that are 
designed by Cambridge, yeah. which is really fortunate because I hey I'm only I only I, I didn't even graduate um, high school and I'm already in college. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate in that sense. And you went to an international school. Yeah. Okay. Which explains your English. Uh, yeah. Because my, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. My Indonesian is yeah. like really bad. Oh wow. Really, really bad. Um, first language English, second language Chinese, third language Indonesian. Ooh, how does that? How does? How do Indonesian people feel about that? Do you, does is it like is there a complaint that the culture is being lost? The children are learning English first. Um, not really. The government's pretty corrupt. Okay. They don't really care anything about money. Uh, but I was actually ostracized when I got here because yeah. the Indonesian community is so large in De Anza. There are over seventy people. Yeah. And all of them are very reluctant to speak English. Actually, they don't speak English at all. Wow. Actually. So they just think I'm an antisocial person where in fact I'm literally um, communicating with like other cultures and yeah. I'm more used to an international surrounding yeah. um, rather than a purely Indonesian surrounding. Right. So I was actually overwhelmed and I actually like broke down because I was uh, being surrounded by every single Indonesian and my English actually started getting worse because of that hmm. and I was having an identity crisis yeah so usually when you move to college you get a culture culture shock right my culture shock was that That's being amazing. surrounded yeah. by Indonesians that's amazing yeah as so um, you may know a little bit of American history, but basically um, people who are referred to as black people in the United States, African-Americans, yeah. whatever, uh, originally came not in the best situation. It wasn't normal <laughs> yeah. immigration. Um, and a part of that was that we didn't really have access to our native languages. Mm. So time went on. We were also restricted from schools for a while. And in the present day, the way one of the ways that that manifests itself is in language. So. Black people usually speak like some sort of slang that's very specific to their area. Like if you go to Atlanta, it's going to be a little bit different from the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a little bit different from um, Southern California. Yeah. Um, but I found a kind of similar experience as far as like I grew up speaking proper English because just my grandparents were educated. So mm. it was uh, I'm like third generation and that's pretty rare in the black community. Yeah. But um, I felt that, yeah, people were, like, as I got older, I was more rejected for speaking proper English because it was almost like, I mean, what I was trying to get at here is, like, the slang is like a language exactly. in the black community, and if you don't speak the slang, it's almost like you're trying to disassociate with it, or that's how some people interpret it. Exactly. You're trying to distance yourself from people, when in reality, it's just the way, it's like you were saying, it's the best way to interact if you're interacting with a wide range of mm -hmm. people, yeah. I have found. So I'm more comfortable in a group that's more mixed yeah. just because the way that I grew up was more mixed and 
you know, in a way I speak the language of people who are trying to transmit ideas mm -hmm. in the English language to other people who are from a different, a different place. And I found that it's effective, but wow. That was your culture shock. Yeah. Was uh, being around more Indonesians than you're used to. And I would, I would make jokes that usually people are. I'm a funny person. I mean, <laughs> kinda. I think you're a funny person. I'm a, I'm a funny. I, I don't want to sound like arrogant like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am a funny person. When I would like, I I tell jokes. A lot yeah they wouldn't get it right. I had to uh, like describe memes for them yeah like that certain like um, the shooting star memes. I don't know the specific but I think I understand what you're saying yeah. about somebody w jokes depend on everyone already having a certain set of assumptions yeah and if they don't have them then you're like oh yeah I am like you know it's the same thing you were saying about being antisocial yeah. If you don't speak in that language, then you'll be considered antisocial. But really, you are social. Yeah. Same thing. If you don't break down the joke using assumptions that are normal to them, it'll seem like you're unfunny. Mm -hmm. But in reality, no, 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 this is funny if you view it in context. Yeah. Yeah, I've run into that problem a couple of... Well, now, actually, the way I react to that now is just for any joke... I just write jokes that I think are funny and then label them bad jokes. <laughs> because I know the only way you could find this funny is if you had my perspective, but almost no one has my perspective. Yeah. So I'll just write it still because I think it's funny, but then when I advertise it, I'll say it's a bad joke, you know. It's, and then I'll edit it based off of the audience that I have, mm -hmm. if, if it's even possible. Sometimes something can be completely lost in translation. Yeah. And I think that's just a reality you have to accept is telling jokes Telling jokes are also a way of showing your culture. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's from a different, they have a different background, it might not translate and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. I love this. I love that a lot of your, it seems like there are similar struggles anyone has to go through when they're, as they say in anthropology, when they're on the cultural borderlands, when they're mm -hmm. right on the lines of like, other people can understand this, but also I'm crossing into a realm where you have no experience. Exactly. And, and dealing with expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, certain people expect, oh, you're, I guess in your case, you're Indonesian, that means X, Y, and Z, and you don't fit that bill because, you know, you grew up in a different way. There's yeah. nothing wrong with kind of diversity, but you're, you're the one who has to face that. Mm -hmm. So. And it's a double thing, too, because... In Indonesia, um, Chinese Indonesians are being um, ridiculed, actually. We had a riot in 1998, and Chinese Indonesians got killed because of them. That wow. My parents, um, my brother had just been born. I wasn't born yet. Um, and they had to flee to England just to survive. And even now, um, I'm being... There's a lot of racism in Indonesian towards um, Chinese Indonesians, and with that, uh, plus me being an English-speaking person, that's doubled. Yeah. Because I'm seen as privileged, and I basically seem like a really bad person when, in fact, like I'm just a, a normal person. Right. Right. 
that's a that's a really interesting debate that I see going on um, on the college campus in general, but especially within the black community here. Um, since I arrived at De Anza, is how to deal with privilege. Yeah. Because on on one hand, the claim that people benefit that that, that society has preferences, yeah. and there and some people have more of those traits than others, and so it's you know easier to do X, Y, or Z within that society. I agree with that claim, um, but the reaction to it. I disagree with most of the time. Most of the time that I hear a reaction, like you should make people feel bad. Yeah. You should, uh, you know, talk shit to people to their face yeah. or whatever because they have some character, they have some traits that um, make it easier for them to advance in a certain society. To me, the, the, a meaningful way of addressing it is a long-term solution, which a lot of people don't want to hear, but mm -hmm. it's that you make the society, you remove the preferences. Yeah. That seems like the only real solution but it's also the most terrifying thing because it's long term it's not immediate it doesn't address somebody's feelings in the moment yeah. so it could be it could appear cold or distant <coughs> but you raise a good point you're not a bad person just because you're in this situation but now because of the way everything kind of developed you have to live in fear on some level yeah. uh, for something that really you didn't choose and the people who don't have privilege didn't choose mm -hmm. to not have privilege. And it's not like, I mean, there are certain people who are privileged and aren't um, looking for the uh, weaker, weaker man. Um, but like, uh -oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, <fine>. podcast. <laughs> sorry, podcast. It was an accident. You're a human being. How old are you again? 16. 16. See, your informed yet. Yes. So you're actually doing quite well. Plus, uh, English might be my first language, but um, vocabulary is limited because of my surroundings. Okay. Blame it on the surroundings. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm Simmers your side. in inner hate. <laughs> Yeah, where were you before? Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, but there are people who are privileged and looking out for other people. I'm privileged in my country, but I I've been all around my uh, the rural places and actually volunteered and like actively um, looked out. Uh, I started a charity really? um, in Indi Indonesia for. Uh, Pov like people in poverty and like uh, based on looks yeah. you would think that I was just some bitchy uh, Chinese Indonesian yeah. but I'm actually trying yeah. I'm trying to break the stereotypes and like actually help people Right. and I'm trying to change that but it's not working because Indonesia is a backward country Oh, <laughs> that's also something that with time maybe you'll retract. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, the, yeah, well, the, the reality is these are difficult problems, and um, one feature of it, it's, there, uh, this is something, the, a general theme of mine that I try to keep thinking about, mm -hmm. but there are many different ways that a problem can be hard. Yeah. Right, so a problem could be hard simply because it takes long even if yeah. all the steps are easy. 
or a problem could be hard because you haven't discovered all of the steps, but once you do, then it'll be easy. Mm -hmm. um, but with social problems, it seems that they're hard in this kind of non-linear way, if that term is yeah. meaningful to you. So, so it's <laughs> that you can't, it, it's like every time you change something, you, you can't you can't perfectly predict the output yeah. from the input. It it changes. It's like there's a back there's a feedback mechanism mm -hmm. yeah. somewhere in there. So that even if you could perfectly model it right now, that would be a useless model like some period of time later mm -hmm. because the the fundamental things that the model depends on will have changed as a result of the output. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It <laughs> so, so it seems like the only winning strategy is reassessing more often. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is the state of affairs. Let's do this to address it. Okay, we did this. Now let's reassess. Yeah. And come up with a new plan. Like, some periodically think about everything that's going on again mm -hmm. and say, what has changed since the last time, and what are the new goals given the the current situation that we're in mm -hmm. but that seems to be in conflict with the way that people are used to solving problems yeah. so it's like people are pursuing a solution which is already known to be a poor i mean their whole strategy is already known to not really approach a solution a yeah. resolution and i think unfortunately um the way what seems to be the norm for thinking about privilege is, is suffering from this reality that it's not really even if you implemented the best strategies known today it wouldn't even it wouldn't even result in a resolution yeah. 10 years from now exactly. um, so I was just say try something repeat hopefully things get figured out but hey I'm privileged enough to host this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm fucking happy about, by the way. I don't think I don't think you should be in constant shame of uh, that you're in a position. I think, but I do think you should try to build a society that mm -hmm. doesn't have preference. Yeah. If you're doing that, then you know it doesn't really matter. And again, that's something that only certain people with privilege can do. Exactly. So. Uh, that makes it a little bit more complicated, but it's something that I think everybody should be happy about. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you helping to build a society where uh, it's more equal than the society, the society you grew up in? Mm -hmm. And um, in a way, the better this podcast is, <laughs> <laughs> the more likely podcasts can be taken seriously <laughs> as a medium, in which case this is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate metaphor for the people having a voice, right? You don't know Preach. much, right? Right? You don't, you don't know much about me, but there's not a guarantee that uh, th this was not the guaranteed outcome of what I would be doing mm -hmm. uh, with this period of time in my life, yeah. uh, given some things in my past. So it actually is, in a way, you know, I speak for the people. You know what I'm saying, in a way. <laughs> Even though, in a way, I just disprivileged the way of thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, wow. Yeah, so have you ever considered, um, you mentioned that the UK has a lot of influence in Indonesia. Yeah. Ha would you want, ever want to go to school um, in the UK? Oh, no. No? Um, I was actually contemplating whether or not I should move to US or the UK. Yeah. But then for the UK education system, they need um, a high school diploma. Yeah. They also need this international exam called IB, International ah, Baccalaureate. Baccalaureate, I was a part yeah. of that. Yeah. 
um, and in my school, it was really hard. It was like um, the quality of the teachers were being downgraded. Yeah. Um, so I decided not to uh, pursue a UK education. Plus, their universities um, put more emphasis on grades. And compared to the U.S., the U.S. Um, values more um, out-of-school yeah. projects, um, extracurricular activities, yeah. and then the grades, you know? Yeah. And um, me as a person, I, pr- um, I focus more on... Um, like skills yeah I, I like to focus more on skills rather than my grades yeah <laughs> kind of hey I think it's actually a positive quality <laughs> yeah so um, I just plus the like the US is more um, diverse okay and I would like to open myself more to people yeah that sounds good. Yeah. I, I, um, I have an older brother who was considering studying in the UK. But um, I do think it is important. I mean, I'm becoming more and more uh, aware of how important it really is. But the extracurricular, yeah. the out-of-class stuff, because that's really an opportunity for you to show who you are. Versus right. who you are with respect to this curriculum. Mm-hmm. Like, with um, extracurricular activities, you can show your leadership skills, right. what you're good at, what you're interested in, uh, what your values are. Um, like, let's say you take science. Yeah. Um, science, you get good grades in. Okay, that's impressive. Right. But let's say you volunteer in a cancer institute. That shows that you care about the people, Mm -hmm. you're interested in science, and you're caring. Just, you have the skills to uh, make people like you. Yeah, So that's, in a way, that shows more of your skill rather than, I got good grades in science. Yeah. And I, I think leadership is huge. Um, you mentioned that, but that basically anything that deals with socializing mm-hmm. is something that it's hard to demonstrate in a classroom. Yeah. But something that you can get just you can you can have so much growth and development in those areas that your effectiveness, like after you have those skills, is ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you're a super leader versus you're not, even if you're a surgeon. It's yeah. your effectiveness overall might not be as 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 powerful as as impactful as if you like if you have leadership skills yeah. and you're a surgeon um, and also just basic socializing like there are a lot of disciplines where being able to being able to notice like the group's goals mm-hmm. and help the group accomplish those goals better yeah. um, is actually important for the job. And that's not something that is trained for in a lot of programs. So um, it is pretty cool that the U.S. does that. Yeah, um, I have this friend who has a 4.0 GPA, um, applied for UC Berkeley, didn't get in. Mm. 
Um, my brother, who has a 3.2 GPA, because um, he had dengue. Um, what is when that? He, it's like a fever. Okay. Um, caused by mosquitoes. <laughs> Was I supposed to know that? Is that a common thing, dengue? I mean, dengue, dengue. is common in Asia. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that says, <laughs> but um, he was recovering from dengue fever, and you have to be hospitalized for that to cure it. Yeah. Just recovered for from dengue, um, did the SATs. <laughs> oh wow! He got really bad. Got into UC Davis. Okay. And because he he wasn't the smartest, he didn't get a four point oh GPA, but he did speech he did community service he did everything else and he got into a good school yeah. because of that so it's really cool that the u.s yeah. um, likes it and acknowledges the efforts we put into society by volunteering <laughs> so uh i think you mentioned something along the lines of agriculture is what you wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> how, how much schooling are you looking at? Just a bachelor's? Master's. Master's? My, my mom. My mom uh, didn't get a master's degree, and he, she really wants me to get mine so I can develop more as a person. Yeah, yeah. and probably have more opportunities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like, that's a regular four years. Okay. And why are you interested in agriculture? Uh, Indonesia's uh, agricultural co country. We have a lot of nutrients in there, and we actually are the second largest importers of rice. Yeah. Um, my mom works in a big company there, and she. Monsanto. Huh. Monsanto? No, um, Indofood. Indofood. <laughs> it's right. literally called Indofood. It's like <laughs> it couldn't get any better. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, we, we're the largest. Uh, we, the company makes um, Indomie. <laughs> it's like our national dish, even though it's like instant noodles. <laughs> it's so good. I bought like 40 packets. Yeah. Uh, from Indonesia here. Wow. <laughs> because it's so good. It's like our version of ramen. <laughs> and you can't buy it here. You can, but it's not not as good. Mm. The OG. <laughs> the OG <laughs> Indomie is always. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so my mom's in agricultural. Uh, like, she does a lot of field work in farms and everything yeah my brother's in uc davis trying to uh study food science okay and it just led me to agriculture <laughs> um i was actually interested in design <laughs> okay not too far off from agriculture yeah like they're basically the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then my art teacher actually told me that I was the least likely to succeed in design. Oh my, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait a minute, the teacher actually said that? Yes. This was in Indonesia? Yes. You're the least likely to succeed? Out of 15 people. 
Oh, out of the people in the class. Yeah. That's... How do you feel about that now? You're still giving up on the art? Honestly... Because Instagram didn't even exist back then. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Um, I mean... I, I still draw um, sometimes when I'm yeah. not flooded with college work. But I don't see myself as someone who studies art. Yeah. I see someone... Um, I see me as someone who does art. There's right. a difference between studying art and doing art. Because studying art is all... You get graded on your work. And if the work is something you're passionate about and you get a really bad grade, it's really... It affects with your self-esteem a lot. So that... I studied art seriously for two years, never again traumatized me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with that. And, and that's something that um, kind of touches on what we were saying about extracurricular versus in class. But yeah. I think a part of what makes you great as a skilled person is that you choose how you're going to apply your skills. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing it, it's close to what we were saying about comedy. If you're doing it in a way that other people don't understand, well, if you're going by their metric, you're, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. But that's also how you innovate, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get anything new? You have to go against other people's ethic, at least as other people's grading system, um, other people's evaluation system in order to get to the thing that you think is good or you think is important. And sometimes that changes the way they think about it. Maybe mm -hmm. they couldn't have imagined what you were imagining. Um, but I actually think you're better if you're more comfortable setting your own goals yeah. than if you're really good at like... Adapting. Adapting or or accomplishing someone else's goals yeah. for their approval. Yeah. You know, it's completely... I agree with you. It, as a matter of fact, I just came back from the um, the newspaper, whatever, the Voss, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, all I know is that it translates to the voice in Spanish. <laughs> okay, the voice. <laughs> I, just, I don't know their history, so let me not say anything. <laughs> but uh, I went there and I had been doing these... Um, these concept diagrams mm -hmm. for like about a year yeah and uh, I stopped and then I recently made one this morning and I saw the newspaper and thought maybe I could submit because a long time ago I tried to submit them it's a long story but I tried to submit them to the Brown University uh, oh. newspaper at one point but um, I went in there and I felt creepy being in there right oh. off the jump <laughs> and they're like well you know uh, <laughs> I show them, like, this is what I've done so far, you know, really, I'm just here to see what the requirements are. Like, oh, you got to take classes. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to do some dope shit and post it in a yeah. newspaper. I don't give a fuck about these classes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, finally, in the middle of the conversation, the head honcho walks in. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, what's going on? And like, oh, yeah, we have a potential illustrator. And she was like, okay, well, this is the real deal. <laughs> the real deal is... You just need to come in here during our, like, publishing days. And if we have some space, maybe we'll throw you in. Oh maybe we God. won't. And I said, okay, but here's the deal. I'm not changing anything. Either you take this as it is or you just reject it. Yeah. And she was like, well, what if we give you a prompt? I said, you got to take it or reject it. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. But at the end of all of it, she's like, I'll leave you with the schedule and the editor will decide on the day of. 
But I was just thinking about what you said. Like, yeah, I kind of do art at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's almost like, am I trying to go back into the world where other people are evaluating me? Like the only thing that the only thing that motivates me is if I can put it in as it is. Yeah. Then I don't care if you evaluate me. But if you want to change it before, like if I put it in and everybody says, fuck this, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm cool with that, actually. <laughs> right? But what I'm not cool with is me shifting it. Yeah. And then somebody likes it. Because why do you like it? Because of my contribution or because of Your. somebody who fucked it up, right? Yeah. Uh, similar thing with music. I've made music for a while. I met somebody who's like, hey, I'm a real producer. Mm. You know, I can, we can make this real. And I'm like, dude, it's already real. It's as real as it's yeah. ever going to get. I'll do it if I don't change anything, mm. right? And if it's yeah. easy for me, but already it's going to change something because I don't have 100% creative control now, mm. right? Yeah. I, already the fact that I'm meeting up with somebody changes something. And you, everybody's got to, you know, figure out their limit for... To what extent are they willing to deal with bullshit when it comes to making art? Because yeah. you know this. It just comes from you. Mm-hmm. There is no judgment. There's nothing. It doesn't It doesn't even have to have anything to do with the real world. Yeah. And that's already its purest form. So unless the benefit of fucking with that gives you more than it takes away, <laughs> it's not going to be worth it. But I'm glad I uh, had this conversation with you today because I'm in the middle of that debate with myself Mm. of whether or not it's worth it to go back into the world of being evaluated because there are benefits yeah and the benefit is for me i think is that it could be another thing that i add into my like extracurriculars yeah it could be more official versus me just doing something on instagram i could say i've i've collaborated with the boss or whatever Mm -hmm. um but that's the only benefit so i'm down for doing it once and then just stopping again yeah but this is like my main mode of expression now, this meeting people mm-hmm. and hopefully going deep with them, deep as I can, you know, uh, in a legal way. <laughs> in a legal way. <laughs> um, did you have anything else on your mind? Um, I'm not sh- Um, actually. Or questions for me? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, how am I doing? How am I'm not I? sure. <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty well. I just uh, I recently moved. Oh, to where? Um, oh, wait. Two parts know. of San Jose. Mm, yeah. Yeah, one part to another, and um, it's closer to the Anza. Oh, that's good. So uh, yeah, it's easier for me to commute. To commute. Yeah. Same commuting pattern, basically. Um, actually, I visited my old place today uh-huh. because I got mail that was sent there. Mm, yeah. So they're like, "Come get your mail." <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty smooth so far. But I'm I'm still a little. I'm not a hundred percent at ease, which actually is a good thing. Mm, why? Because it's still early in this quarter. Oh, it's uh, still early in the quarter, so I'm still worried about like academic stuff true. related to like what is expected of me in each of my courses and mm-hmm. um, what amount of time am I going to need to commit in order to yeah. perform it. And then 
And then the big thing is college applications. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm applying this fall. And I've oh. finished almost everything, but I still have to do the personal whatever, insight things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to a workshop tomorrow to address that. Yeah. Um, but that's still like, I think, a couple weekends worth of work. Oh. So mostly those are the things that disturb me. But there's a lot of cool shit happening. Yeah. Like I'm, it's really cool being in this environment of this kind of this room this office um yeah. the people who come in here are generally pretty interesting mm. um so yeah i'm excited about that i just thought of a question yeah. i think um how do you feel about people uh you were saying something about college personal uh, right essays essays yeah, yeah personal insight um, questions yeah what do you think about people who have been through a lot and write about that in your college um, application to get ahead? I think they should. They should? Well, I think they should write about it even if... The only situation where they couldn't, where they shouldn't write about it is if they know it's going to go against them. Yeah. But I think it's unfair to say it's to get ahead. Yeah, if because... They, if they've actually been through something that would be of interest. Because I'm... I actually... Um, my first... Um, I'm taking English right now. And my first essay was... Um, write about the most painful time in your life. And it was a five-page essay. Three days to do it. And I was like... Oh, man. First week, too. <laughs> so, three days? Three days. And I have to include a draft and everything. It was hell. I got good, though. So, um, so like, my instinctual thing to write about was, like, a really bad part of yeah. my life. Yeah. And I felt bad because I felt like I was exploiting my situation. Because I was doing it to get graded. Yeah. You know? But it was honestly all I could think about as a painful part in um, my life. And I got good. And now the teacher really likes me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's different. Because in that case, you were being asked specifically to write about something bad. Yeah. I guess to backtrack on my old answer, I would say... If there are things that are good that are more interesting than the things that are bad, then maybe write about that. But the, the, the problem with that is if it's a college application, everybody's going to be writing about things that are good. Mm, or, or yeah. I'm sorry, that, that might not be true. Yeah. But what, I meant is, what I meant <laughs> back is... Back, back, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the beauty of this. So what I meant is if you write something good, it's probably not going to stand out. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's not, it's not going to stand out as far as what the average student, um, the average competitive student yeah. maybe, uh, has done. You know, oh, well, I, uh, what can you say? I, uh, unless you founded a company or something, you yeah. wouldn't even be in school probably. Yeah. But uh, it's very unlikely that you've done something so amazing that it blows everybody else out of the water. Exactly. But... The reverse might be the case mm. that you have been through some extraordinary circumstances um, to do to to still be competitive despite mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. So 
but but you definitely shouldn't feel bad because you were put in a situation where you had to write about something yeah. negative, and it's just a debate of over which negative thing you were going to choose. Yeah. And the prompt was, I mean, write the worst thing. That right. So what what I meant the first time was, if you answer it honestly, whatever the prompt may be, if you answer it honestly and you've persevered through something, yeah. that would just be the true story. So that's what I meant by like. It's not necessarily exploiting mm. uh, or doing something to get ahead. That's just the honest answer, regardless yeah. of. And the only time you would remove that is if you know for a fact it'll be a negative. But in those cases, it's known to be a positive. Yeah, so yeah, of course you should write about it in the context of I'm a great student despite this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think if your argument is bad things have happened to me, that's why I'm a terrible student. That's a weak argument. Yeah. Right. If you're saying, "I'm a great student, but because bad things happen to me, my performance it. doesn't fully reflect who I am," yeah. that's a good argument. Yeah. But if you're, you know, that's I think the proper context for t- telling a sob story. Yeah. Is like, hey, you you have to persevere first, and, and then, then tell succeed. the story of what that was like mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't just start off terrible and say oh well I'll, you know something bad happened to me way back in the day well I made it <laughs> you made it but made it to where to the yeah. bottom of the heap yeah. then that's not really something you know you still have at the end of the day when you get accepted you have to perform while you're there yeah so if you don't have those skills having a negative situation in your past is not a full substitute yeah, in my opinion in fact it could be hurting you yeah. Because the, it's already going to be bad enough. I mean, if you really struggled, it's going to be bad even when you make it mm-hmm. um, to to an extent. Because you still have to. I mean, the struggle's not over. Yeah. You know, you're still going to be fighting certain issues throughout your time there, on top of your coursework. So you should. I mean, it should be the sob story should prove resilience, yeah. not work out so that you have an excuse yeah. for poor performance. And I feel like if a person is already in that mentality that, oh, um, I went through bad things, I can use that as an excuse, then their life is just going to go downhill from there. Because Yeah, well, it might, but I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. Because they're just going to make up excuses and excuses when, in fact, they're really not going to get over it and they're just gonna just go downhill, I think. Yeah, and, and as much as um, you mentioned that the U.S. values extracurriculars and things like yeah. this, it doesn't mean that it doesn't value performance. Yeah. And, and ultimately, performance does depend on the amount of time that you've spent struggling to build skills. Mm-hmm. And um, if somebody kind of is, is giving you a break and saying, you you show that you can't build skills, but we're giving you a break. Yeah. It's not a real break. It's just postponing the inevitable. Yeah. So um, that's not necessarily a positive, getting in and then flunking out. Um, it might be better to just not get in, strengthen your skills for another year, and then yeah. get in and be solid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, be solid while you're there. Yep. So, okay. If that's the case, I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. With the most important question in the, the most universe. important question uh, okay. in the uh, universe. Yeah. Triangles or lines? Lines. 
Because they actually go somewhere. That's right. Thank you. I'm a real tigger, I got triggers Dip her in honey, I will lick her Like Pooh Bear, I'm too rare You care bears, your crew scared Tape here when the fam's near Cheap shit, that's out Weekends in the kitchen, off the deep end But I'm living Ooh, cleaner than soapbox The Chef of X Podcast Mmm, delicious